Hey, hello buddy, how you doing? This is Chris. This is episode 117 of the Libertarian Republican Podcast. Thank you for uh, listening. And as always, if you like this podcast, you can share it. Please share it and, and give me some good ratings and, uh, and get on Podbean. You can message me on Podbean and uh, you can support me on Podbean if you'd like. If you have some ideas for an episode that you want me to do, uh, an, ep- an episode, a topic that you want me to cover, you can message me and let me know. Um, but this one I want to talk about unions and the homogeneity of the economy and that kind of stuff. Because I think I, I, men- I mentioned it, uh, I mentioned this railroad strike that almost happened in a couple a couple episodes ago and I wanted to, to just go into it more because I didn't really like the way I talked about it whatever but so because I think that this obviously this is an important issue in politics because you've got the Democrats who are all pro-union and the unions are all pro-Democrat and then you've got the Republicans sort of you know the Republicans don't want to say that they're not that they're anti-union right they don't the, the Republicans are sort of caught in not I think most Republicans are, are sort of caught off guard. They don't really know how to handle this particular issue. And the way I think of it is, is uh, I'm not necessarily pro or anti-union, but I'm pro-worker. And I think that there's a difference there, a big difference, actually. Because, you know, I think that, uh, like my own experience with a union, for example, I was in I was in a union and I joined in about 1995, and you know when I was joining the union, it was a uh, it was a basically you would if you were someone from out of town looking to hire people in the Baltimore Washington area, you you if you hired union guys union people then you knew that union people were good you knew they were that we were reliable we were we were experienced because you it was not easy to get into the union uh it, so we were skilled we were good we were reliable we were professional we we were experienced we'd be on time we knew what we were doing uh, if you hired non-union people, you didn't really know what you were going to get. So you, you have to pay a little extra for the union guys. Uh, and that, so, so we offered something to the, to, the, to the employers, right? We offered something. It was a, it, it, they got something for the extra money that they were paying. Uh, and, and sometimes it wasn't extra money for the, the, the actual pay it but it was more it was money contributing to health care and uh, and retirement benefits you know re- pension pension and, and health care basically so so it was so sometimes you would work a non-union job and you'd actually make more money but you would get not get any of those benefits so it was sort of a, a you know both but it, either way for the worker for the union guy working it was fine uh but uh, usually it was fine, but either way, but uh, uh, obviously, you know, sometimes you would get both. You would get more money if you were working union, a union job, you'd get more money and plus the benefits that you'd get. So, uh, and you'd also get things like the, the turnaround time, you know, you'd have eight or nine or 10 hours to go home, eat, and then 
go get some sleep and then get back to work the next day, you know, that kind of thing. So, but I think over time that got, that, that in my particular union, that was no longer true. That basically got to the point, it got to the point where everybody was in the union. Any moron could get in the union. And so, so being in a union didn't really matter. And the union didn't really care about offering something, you know, something good to the work, uh, to the employers, the, the union guys, the union leadership, they just wanted to get everybody in the union so they get more money, so they get more dues, you know, because you got to pay your union dues. They get more people. And then you basically have a monopoly. You know, there are no non-union, you know, if you get to the point where there, there are no non-union guys, and they would actually get, they would actually, you know, bully. <laughs> uh, they'd actually send, if, if there was a non-union job going on, they would actually send a representative out and bully everybody and say, hey, you got to unionize this, this shoot, you know, this job site, you have to unionize it. Or else we're gonna, you know, we're gonna shut this place down. We're gonna get, we're gonna tell all these guys to walk out. And it was, and basically, they told, uh, you know, the union members were not allowed to work non-union jobs. Uh, or if you did, you had to call it in. You had to call it in and tell them so that they could come down and essentially, you know, strong arm the the uh, <laughs> the, the the bosses, you know, the and. Uh, so, but my, my point is that, that unions are a, can serve a purpose. They can serve a purpose if they are actually, if, if they're offering something to employers. You hire a union guy, you know you're going to get a good guy who knows what he's doing and he's going to be on time and he's going to be reliable and he's going to be professional and he's going to be safe and all that kind of stuff. And... But I think too often the union, mem the union movement now in America has gotten to the point where it's not about any of that. It's not about any of that. It's a, it's, and, it's, and it goes back to the, basically the Marxist roots of, of the labor movement where uh, it, it's all about oppressors versus the oppressed. It's all about Marxism. It's all about, oh, the, the bosses are, are all evil you know, evil, oppressive, exploitative capitalists, and uh, and we're the poor, oppressed workers, and we we're we're you know you have to um, the unions are the the are standing up for the poor, oppressed, exploited workers, you know, and uh, and the, the of course the irony is that unionized workers in America are some of the wealthiest workers in America, right? So it's not. You know, it's all, it's kind of all a scam now. You know, the whole union thing is all a scam now, really. It's not about offering, it's not about protecting the workers. It's not about offering uh, uh, the, the employers, uh, you know, a better option. Uh, it, it's, it's about just milking the employers for everything you can get and just treating, you know, basically just... Um, I mean, I, I, it seems like to me, yeah, that's what it's about. And, and the, like this, this railroad strike thing, uh, is, but let me, let me just take a step back though. And, and say that, you know, if we, the, the whole roots of the labor movement were based, were, it's all rooted in the Marxist revolutions of the 1800s and early 1900s. And, and at that time, uh, 
it was, you know, that, that was, the, the oppression was real, the exploitation was real, because Europe was a, a very oppressive kind of economy where the, the ruling classes, the aristocracies, the, the monarchies, the, the royal families, they ran everything and they kept the peasants down basically, you know, so, and they kept the workers down. And if you were, a pe there was very little upward mobility in Europe. And this is my, my criticism of, of, of Marx and, you know, the, the, the communists of the 1800s, you know, they looked around and they saw this kind of, of oppression and they called it capitalism. And so, oh, it's because of capitalism. And, and I think, you know, obviously that was not capitalism. That's not capitalism. That's not, you know, a free market capitalism. That's crony capitalism. It's, it's, and it's, you know, fascism in a lot of ways. So, you know, big business com combined with big government and uh, the ruling classes, you know, controlling the government and keeping small competitors down. And, and I think that, that if you had a, a robust, competitive, mar uh, free market economy where it was easy to, to start a new business and hire workers, um, then, you then you wouldn't need unions because, you would have, because you, the workers would have a lot of options. If workers are unhappy, they can go work somewhere else. And, and uh, you know, and this is why America, this is why so many people left Europe and came to America. I've talked about this before. I mean, that's why people left Europe and came to America, because America was more of a meritocracy. It did not have that kind of aristocracy where people would, where, where the government was in bed with the ruling classes, keeping the, the poor people down. And... Uh, you know, keeping, you know, if you, in America, if you had a good idea, then you could, you could rise. You could, there was upward mobility. It was, a, you're, the sky was the limit. And American history, early American history is full of stories of people, you know, coming from, from nowhere, from, from nothing, from rags to riches. You know, that's the American dream. And, but in order for that to happen, you need to have small government. You need to have a limited government. That, that is not in bed with the big businesses, the big corporations. And, and this is what America is turning into. You know, the, the America of 2022 is very similar to Europe of 1800s, where you basically have a, a, a political ruling class that is in bed with the big, big, big corporations. And there's so many rules and regulations and taxes and paperwork and bureaucracy and all that creates a barrier to entry for smaller competitors. And, and it makes it harder for, uh, for people to start new businesses and hire workers. And, and so, you know, so many Democrats are pro-union and they say they're pro-worker, but really they're, they're pro-union, but they're anti-worker because they're creating, the Democrats are creating an economy where the workers will have less options. And I think that's the, 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 that's the, the point that Republicans need to make, is that we are pro-worker because we are pro-competition. We, we want a limited government with, with fewer rules, fewer regulations, fewer bureau less bureaucracy, 
lower taxes, less paperwork, less red tape, so that people can, we want to make it easier for people to start new businesses and hire people. And so that will give the workers, people who don't, look, I mean, there are people who don't want to be entrepreneurs. They don't want to be business owners. And they like me, people like me, you know, look, I'm a, I'm a worker. I work. I don't have, I don't own any business. I don't really own a business. Uh, I'm a worker. I, and I like it that way because I, I, I make a good living and uh, it's, you know, honestly, it's, it's less risky. Obviously you're not going to get rich working for somebody else. But, uh, but it's very risky to start your own business. And so a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to work and, and make a good living and then and have spare time to go do their hobbies. And that's, what, that's how I am. And, uh, and so I think if you, if you have a robust competitive economy, then, then you'll be, pr that's pro-worker. That, because that gives workers the, a lot of options. And what America and what the Democrats want, the, the Democrats want an America where it's very hard to start a new business. It's very time consuming. And, you know, I've talked about this before about the, the environmental impact studies that take, you know, under Barack Obama, the, it was up to five years for uh, for the government to complete an environmental impact study. So if you wanted to start a business and build a factory or build a store or something, you had to do a five year, and on average, five year environmental impact study before you could even break ground on that factory. And obviously, you know, market conditions can change a lot in five years. So that, so, and then Donald Trump, that's one of the things Donald Trump wanted to do is get that down to two years, which is still a long time, but it's a lot shorter than five years. So, but this is what I'm talking about, where the, the Democrats say that they're pro-worker. Oh, we're pro-union, we're pro-worker. No, actually they're not, they're anti-worker. They may be pro-union, you know, the, the union leadership, oh, they love it. They love, they love, you know, unhappy workers who are going to unionize because, you know, and then you've got, basically you turn, you turn the economy into a much less efficient economy because you've got, you, 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 in, in a stagnant economy where all the workers are miserable, they're going to unionize and they're going to, you know, okay, they'll, they'll unionize, they'll strike. And that's what you get in Europe all the time. You get strikes every, every two days. You know, there's strikes all the time in Europe. Every, all the workers are unhappy in Europe because it's very hard. They have even more bureaucracy in Europe than we do here in America, in some European countries anyway. Some European countries are actually, they actually have much less, they're much more free market. Than, uh, than, than America. Places like Sweden and, and, uh, and Denmark are very, actually very free market economies. Uh, but, so I think that this is, you, you know, and then you, you got the issue of homogeneity where if, if the government gets too involved, and this sort of is beyond the union um, issue, but it's, it's basically government getting involved and mandating, you know, you've got to get, you've got to give every worker three weeks of paid vacation, three weeks of, of paid sick leave and, and home, you know, maternity leave and paternity leave and all this stuff. And, 
And if everybody is doing that, then you have a you you, you create a homogenous homogenous kind of economy where where people like me, like for example, I I don't want benefits. I don't want them. I don't need them. I just want money. I don't want paid vacation. I want money. I don't want paid sick leave. I want money. I don't want uh, you know a retirement account or anything like. I don't four hundred one k. I don't need that. Just pay me. Just pay me, and I'll do all that myself. Okay, I'll take care of all that myself. If I'm sick, I'll just stay home and I won't work and I won't make any money. But if you pay me enough, then I won't need to get any money for being sick. You don't need to pay me while I'm sick. You know, so so if you so if you have an economy where everybody is uh, is is doing where all the employers are offering the same package of benefits, pay and benefits, then you don't have any room but you know that you may have a 20 year old man who doesn't want maternity leave or paternity leave or paid sick leave they just want money you know you know or you may have somebody who you may have a woman who's 45 years old who wants paid sick leave and that's really important to her okay she can find a place that has paid sick leave and, and work there and you know so it's it's it, it we there should be a a variety of places of, of of options. You know, we want options for everybody. We don't want everybody to you know. We don't want a one size fits all policy that that the government imposes on all workers and all employers. So, uh, because we want as workers, we want options. We want options. So, uh, uh, so I think that you know, I think that's part of this whole issue that that uh, that I should go over because I think it's part of the whole r railroad issue because the railroad it was you know twelve unions and they were all lumped together and they're all forced to to follow the same rules you know and and uh, like I said before I think with with the the you know and the the other thing is about these these railroad unions. You know, if if uh, if the, these railroads were private sector, really private sector businesses, why is the Congress voting on what their deal is? You know, so obviously they're not private sector; they're they're basically government employees. So, all right, well that's it. That's uh, I don't know if uh, if I uh, if I cleared things up, if I made any sense there, but. Um, if we there's a difference between being pro-union and pro-worker, I think. And so I think we should be, the Republicans should emphasize that we are pro-worker because we want a robust economy where workers will have a lot of options of places to work. So, okay, that's it. That is episode 117. And uh, thanks a lot for listening. And I will catch you on the next one. All right, bye-bye.